RadioInfluence.com. All righty, welcome to another edition of The Rock Stops Here. No BS, no bullshit, man. It's just I bring on these guests, these A-listers, mostly sports, the world of entertainment. How do they make it to the top, to the NFL, the MLB, the NHL, NBA? Well, I haven't had any NBAers on yet, but I'm planning on that. I got one in the in, in, waiting in the wings. Uh, pro wrestlers, uh, boxers, uh, UFC, MMAers, and now today, radio hosts, producer of two of the biggest radio shows ever. That would be the Howard Stern Show and Bubba the Love Sponge Show. And he's also been on uh, some other national shows. He's done his own show. He's working on a couple of big-time video projects right now. The one, the only, Brent Hatley. Brent, 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 Brent. Now, if you're a fan of Howard Stern or the Bubba the Love Spun Show, this gentleman needs no introduction. I will say this. For all of you sports fans that are expecting me to talk a little sports of two major, major topics, that would be John Gruden because everybody is hitting me up and I covered him for many years when he was here in Tampa Bay. And, of course, the a uh, little bit more on the Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow coming out. And it's very, very interesting. So I'll get into that on the back end. But you're if you're tuning in, listening now, it's to hear what is up with Brent Hatley? What really happened between him and the Howard Stern show? Did he leave on his own? Why did he leave on his own? Was it just because of the pandemic? No. So I think he shares a little bit of new uh, light on the situation. Uh, his years with the very controversial shock jock Bubba the Love Sponge uh, and what he's doing now and even a little bit of sports because I will tell you this he starts out with a former Florida Gator quarterback that is now a backup on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that's Kyle Trask Uh, Brent is a huge he's a Saints fan and he is a uh, huge Florida Gators fan so without further ado the very latest Really, really, and I, 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 I respect him. We sat down in downtown St. Pete. That's where he's living now, and he's loving it with his wife, Kaylin. Here he is, my man, Brent Hadley. Ah, now even though my next guest does love sports, and I know he's a huge Gator fan. Oh, yes. But we, you know, we can even touch a little mm-hmm. bit on that. But I'm expanding out, and I'm telling you what, man, thank you so much. It is an honor to have formerly Howard Stern show, Bubba the Love Sponge, doing his own thing. He and his wife, just himself, the one, the only, the great Brent Hatley. Brent, how are you, buddy? I'm great, Rock. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you, too, man. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Awesome. You know, I've seen you. I've listened to you on some shows. And uh, the bottom line is you just love St. Pete. You love Florida. Yeah. You love the warm weather. <laughs> and you are loving life pretty much now, Brent? Oh, 100%. Like, this is the great. St. Pete is the greatest place on earth to live. And I thought that before all the pandemic and all this stuff happened. But... Just the way that St. Pete's handled the pandemic has been fantastic. It's they didn't keep people locked up in their homes for too long. And I know that um, we all have to do take public health measures. That's part of life yep. um, uh, when you're dealing with a pandemic. But also you've got to keep your mental health because, you know, humans need to be out and they need to interact. And St. Pete handled it really well. And um, uh, the businesses here on Central Avenue have stayed open. Um, a lot of business owners, and I know a lot of them now have gotten to know them, have got to keep their doors open because, St. Pete, you got to come in and keep your mask on during the lockdown, and then you would take it off when you sat down at a table. And um, the way that we, my wife and I, kind of handled this is we kind of um, gave people a little extra tips and things around here and really supported the local community. And uh, it's paid off because business here in St. Pete's going good. When you walk up and down the street, there's job openings at almost every business. Right. So right. I, I think that's a good sign here uh, in, uh, in St. Pete. Wish the Rays could have won because it was good for business down here. I but, know. I know. Tampa Bay. I That uh, one, you uh, check that uh, one uh, off the uh, list. The Lightning <laughs> are starting in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know that you're still a Saints, Saints fan. I know you're a Saints, Saints fan, and that's going to be interesting. That's yeah. going to be interesting. But, but I'm also a t- Kyle Trask fan. So Oh. Yeah. Trask. Trask, I think you got to love that kid who comes who doesn't even start in high school. He gets to the Gators and he works hard. He he has a great last two years, and then um, 
now with the Bucks, I think they couldn't have picked a better kid to just really learn their system because he's a patient guy. He's learned patience pays off. He's not going to be in a big hurry to jump out there and start. And when, when he does start for the Bucks, he'll be good and ready. So I want to see him succeed. I'm over at the Bucks every practice. And so I watch. And Trask is always the first one out. He does all of his stuff. Now, he's not going to get as many reps. Obviously, you know, they got Blaine Gabbert. They kept uh, Ryan there just in case. But. He's got a strong arm. He doesn't have to have the pressure. He is watching and following the GOAT. There's no better at 44 years old. So he is in a perfect situation. Everybody likes him. He's got a strong arm. I think it's a perfect situation for him. I do too. And it's a perfect situation that he's uh, built for his whole football career. He didn't start in high school. He was patient there. He didn't start when he first got to Florida. He was a two-star recruit. He comes to Florida, and he works his way up to being a starter through hard work and learning the system. And I think he's learned now that that's what pays off, and that's his way forward. And I think that by the time the Bucs have him on the field starting, when Brady retires as the greatest quarterback of all time, I think that Kyle Trask will come in and and be – a great quarterback for the Bucs. It's really a, a looking at things in the long view for the Buccaneers, and I think that they, they, they made the right pick there. Oh, my God. Brent May, May then be a Buccaneer fan or not? Not a Buccaneer fan, but I'm definitely a Kyle Trask <laughs> fan. I want to see Kyle Trask succeed because he is such a good kid. He's worked so hard. Awesome. Now... You came here from the Howard Stern Show, from living in Jersey City, and I'm from that area. I know it. And then, you know, oh, my God, the difference between living there and living here. But what an opportunity of a lifetime. You were there for several years. Yeah, six years. Six years. Yeah. And I know you've mentioned it on some shows, but everyone thinks... When you look at it from afar, Brent, oh, that's one of the greatest shows, probably the greatest radio show of all time. You can say Rush Limbaugh, he's there. He, he's a GOAT, Howard. Why? Jim Rome, I'd give him credit. Oh, good, Rome. Okay. Uh, but why would Brent Hadley leave that? Oh, he must have been let go. No, I wasn't. I left on my own. And I am, number one thing for me is the art, the what we do. I am very true to the art form and uh, money. If you know me, money's not very important to me at all. Um, And I really loved the art that we did there. And uh, when the show changed and you can listen to it now and you can hear how it's changed. I mean, Uh, they're not even doing Robin's news anymore. So the show when the show changed, I made the decision that it's just not for me. And then the pandemic's coming. I watch a lot of the, the European press and it was getting really bad in the European press. And I was like, well, New York City's not going to be great for a pandemic. So I want to get out of here. I want to be closer to my parents. And it's not worth staying here to do this show if it's not if it's not what I believe in. And I, and I, and I, I, I wouldn't want to go there and give a half of an effort for something that I don't believe in. I didn't believe in what. Well, the direction that they were going, where they are now. You can hear anybody can turn it on and listen. Now, if that's what you like, if you like celebrity interviews and if you like um, politics, maybe then that's the show for you. That's just not what I do on the air. Um, I like more uh, of the human experience and more of the real life experience. A lot of the gray area is where the discussion is. And um Listen, they just weren't interested in that anymore. So I left. And then shortly after, Shuley also left. So we both made the decision that it just wasn't for us anymore. And sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to walk away from something that other people don't understand. Like, like they don't, they just don't understand why you would walk away. But for me, it was the art and I want to live here. Right. I want to go. I want to live here in the Tampa Bay area. I want to live here specifically in St. Pete. This is the place I want to be. And um, I've never been happier. Like, you know, I loved the people in New York. The cold. I just the, the, Now, my wife, who's also she's from South Tampa. Yeah. She adapted to it like that. Really? Loved it. Really? Loved it. Like snow walks. And when the, it got down into the teens, she would want to go on snow walks. I did not dig that. 
I I did not dig walking to the train. <laughs> I did not I did not dig walking through Manhattan to get to the train through the snow and, and and you know you eventually you do slip and it's it's just yeah it's brutal yeah. it's brutal. But when the art was what I liked doing, it was worth it. And when the art wasn't what I was like doing, it didn't. It became no longer worth it. Right. The taxes, the rules, the <laughs> it's a lot that goes on there that people don't understand if you've never actually lived there. A lot of people have visited New York City, but right. living. In that area is a whole different, a whole different ballgame. So, I'm assuming it took a while to really finally make that decision. And what was it like when you told? Was it Howard or was it someone else? Actually, it was, it was the, um, it was the, there was, the, it was a senior VP there, and then I dealt with HR, and then I have uh, great lawyers, uh, you know, J. Diaco, and he, um, and he negotiated my my exit. From I there. see. Yeah, I see. And then I then I had mess. I, I had a, a nice uh, nice exchange with Howard. Okay. I had a nice exchange with everybody that works there because everybody there on a personal level that yes. you hear on the air. Yeah, I love them. They're great people. They really, really are. They're really sweet people. I love them. I have no animosity. I just it's just like I, I explain to people too, like radio shows that are ensembles, and, and I've done it twice with Baba's show and yes. with Howard show. Yes, it's like a band, and your favorite band sometimes members leave that band and people say i can't understand why ace freely would leave kiss i mean i don't understand you know i heard why, why would megan kelly leave fox news is sometimes you're just like i can't be here anymore and it's nothing personal and it's nothing like that you're upset about it's just i can't be here anymore for my reasons and it's in art is just that way and for those that did listen to the howard stern during this time when Brent and, you know, his wife was on, they also thought, Brent, it was the whole Los Angeles trip and the swinging <laughs> and the jackhammer. And that was what did it. No, definitely not. We're swingers. That's the whole entire point of what we do. <laughs> like, so something I didn't understand then that I do understand now after a few years of being in the swingers lifestyle. Yes. Is. Um, all couples, and that's what we hang out with is couples. So some we've understood, like some of our best friends are couples and um, really sweet people. But I didn't understand then what I understand now. All of us, <laughs> all of us couples, the men and the women like watching and sharing their partner. It's part of our kink. And now I've really like because at first, like with everybody on the Stern show, say, oh, you're weird, you're weird, you're weird. But I still like in my head, I was like, you know, I kind of like this stuff. Like I, I like it. It's it's. it's what I like. And now through experience and through reading and through talking to people that have been in 20 years, it's 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 pretty normal in my world. This is our, our kink. This is what we like. But swingers, that's kind of the whole point is we hook up with other people. And I hook up hooked up with other people in L.A. She hooked up there. Well, we decided we don't like being in separate rooms from that because you decide what you like and what you don't like as you go along. So we don't like being in separate rooms. We like being in the same room. We're up for a lot of different you know scenarios with a lot of people or just another couple or whatever we're up for a lot of stuff but we have to be in the same room but that's something that you figure out through experience and now we have a great time like <laughs> there's a resort here in florida called uh, secrets <laughs> and we were there last weekend now this weekend we're there with probably we've made so many friends probably 15 couples that are friends of ours and we're having a big party there from friday through sunday you'll be tired yeah and we're all but the thing is <laughs> it's not all just sex it's for me and here's a weird thing for for me and if you're a guy a guys like guys have a hard time understanding this and my wife made me feel better about it i'm not the guy that i'm not with every woman at the at the place or at the party every time it's maybe two others other than my wife because i really have learned that i enjoy Sitting down and having an intellectual conversation with women, and if I don't get along with them, then there's nothing that's going on. Like Interesting. I, I met this woman Saturday night. Beautiful. Her and her, hus her husband's a, a general contractor in, in construction, and she's studying to be a psychiatric nurse. So her and I had about a 90-minute conversation about a wide variety of topics. This woman was brilliant. Everything. I'm talking about medical things, politics, sports, like just everything. Before we did anything like it led into things but i had a great i was having a great time having a conversation with this woman so now i've understood that mental stimulation for me is almost just as important as the physical stimulation it's I crazy gotcha. i got gotcha. you it's crazy and, and that's something that i've now learned from being around um swingers so you know i said on the air i, I go to i go to orgies and heavy metal concerts and i was just getting started then 
That's literally like we went <laughs> to Secrets. We went to the Kiss concert Saturday night from Secrets, and then after the show, we went back to Secrets. Oh, you must. Have, <laughs> you're in heaven, man. You're living it's it. It's great. It's great. So I have a great. We have a great time. But no, that's not what made me leave. That happened in October. I didn't leave till March. It. it I, I. We made the decision. We came down here for Thanksgiving and hung out down in this area that where you and I are sitting now. Said, you know, we'd really like to live here. And then uh, they had a meeting with us in January and said, listen, we're going to kind of change the format and the direction of the show to do this. I see. To what you're hearing now. Gotcha. I just wasn't interested in doing that version of that show. And there's a pandemic coming. And this area, like once you start living here, <laughs> you can you can walk everywhere. There's lovely, friendly people everywhere in, in this area. It's gorgeous. We've got uh, sports teams here and the sports here. I got to say, like, even though the Rays lost, even them just making the playoffs and the, the, the lightning back to back. back to back is exciting. The Buccaneers, even though I'm not a Buccaneers fan, I'm, but football's exciting. So football here on Sundays, there's sports bars all up and down here and it's packed and people are into it. The college football here, like I was at the Florida Alabama game. It's just, it's just, and I'm going to go to the Florida, Florida State game this year. It's just, it's just. Um, the lifestyle in Florida is just so much better. I'm happy for you. Yeah. I'm happy for you. You know, uh, now, be prior to that, obviously, Bubba the Love Sponge. Bubba the Love Sponge got to know Howard. Howard actually brought you guys in yeah. when you guys were looking and all that. And I guess that and that's how the relationship started. And Howard's always, you know, thought that you were a really good producer. And it started like that. And... Uh, but just, I can see it. I can listen. You can listen. Like, somebody brought it up to recently, like, oh, but, but, but you got to get Brent, Brent, Brent. And like he's like, Brent's happy. I don't know if Brent wants to get up at six in the morning anymore. Brent's, Brent's, Brent's living his life. You know what I mean? Overall, overall, Brent, was it a, really, when you look back, what kind of an experience was it? You went through court trials. You, you did, you were in the news. There was fines. There was so much. But in the end, overall, how would you describe your experience and your years with Bubba the Love Sponge? They were, they were amazing. And um, it was like, you know, I tell people a lot, you know, the on-air stuff that you heard all was true. The off-air stuff it was like being in Motley Crue for 13 years. And it was just unique and amazing. Like, you know. Bubba is um, a very, as you know, he's great on the air. He's a really talented on-air talent. I mean, he is really good at being on the air, and he's really good at um, eliciting reactions from the audience, good or bad. He gets a reaction from people. So um, it was like living on the edge of your seat for 13 years. It's it was it was a high wire act. It's but fun. It was a lot of fun, unique radio. <laughs> it made me uncomfortable a lot of times. I know I'm, a, I'm sitting here in the studio and I feel uncomfortable. The audience has to feel uncomfortable. So um, the court trials were, were nuts. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. We um, in the place where you and I used to work at <laughs> in the four thousand two Gandhi. Yes. Um, they, we had hunters. I was standing right there, killed a hog in the parking lot and um, they drew and quartered the hog and they put it on a grill. So for me being, you know, I was originally born in Mississippi, but I was raised here. And, you know, hog hunting is a thing. It's not a big deal. And um, we put it on the grill. And um, when the police showed up, very nice. The uniformed officers were very nice. And they pulled out their statute book. And I, I showed them the statute. And they said, no, no, actually, no, no laws were broken here. I said, hey, guys, it's lunchtime. Stay and like we're have a fresh pork sandwich and the cops did the cops were like really nice well, that were, i never know so later on it's the prosecutor who gets all this pressure twitter didn't even exist then yes. like they were faxing <laughs> they were faxing his office and um he got all this pressure so we got charged by the prosecutor the police and the detectives actually recommended them not charge us because there was no laws broken but this prosecutor charged us anyway and uh, we went to full jury trial, like you see on Law and Order, you know, guilty, not guilty. I remember everybody, all the news cameras were there and stuff. It was huge. And we were facing five years in prison for a hog roast. And the jury foreman, basically, in the post interview was like, no, uh, I just, there was just no crime committed here. Yeah, it was, it was, everything was done by the book. And we're the ones that called the police to the stand. The defense called the police to the stand. The defense, we called the vet, vet, vet to the stand. And we called this guy that is at the University of Florida that, that heads up all the hog hunts in the state of Florida because hogs overrun the state. They have to be removed from property. There's no natural enemy for them for ecological balance. They have to be thinned out. 
and um, all of them said that we did nothing wrong. So the jury was like, well, the, the prosecution played a tape. But the defense is the one that put the tape in contact, so I don't. We're not understanding where the crime is here. So they that was not guilty, but it was, it was weird. And then there was the defamation suit with uh with Todd Schnitt. Yes, so, MJ. Yeah, Todd MJ. Schnitt. Todd Schnitt. So that was been, a long one. There was a lot with that. Five years. It was a five year case. So the criminal case took a year to get to from charge to get to trial. From the time that Tajnit sued us, that took five years to get to trial. So I was sitting depositions all like usually every afternoon I'd be over at uh, in downtown Tampa taking depositions with the lawyers from the other side. So by the time we get to it, we have 42 counts of defamation. By the time you get to trial. (laughs) 42 counts of definition and Todd Schnitt gets on the stand and he cries and begs for money from the jury. Well, when you're making seven figures, people that make anywhere from 30 to maybe $70,000 a year right. are not really going to feel sorry for you because you got made fun of. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> so 42 counts they found not for him not on not one of them. They they not said, even one. Not even one. And the jury foreman there, she does a she does an interview. I think it was with uh, Melanie Michael afterwards on uh, on Channel Eight, or she was on Channel Ten at that time. She's on Channel Eight, Channel Eight now, but on Channel Ten at that time. And then she's like, he needs to like you know put his big boy pants on because like if you're gonna make fun of people and be on the radio, then people are gonna make fun of you. And the jury was just like, no, 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 no. You don't you don't get to get on the radio and make fun of people and then sue once you get made fun of. Doesn't work that way. So those two cases really gave me a lot of faith in our jury system here in the Tampa Bay area. They did because they were highly emotional and we were not the people that the average person understood. They misunderstood what we were doing and the points we were making. And they still a lot of them uh, um, sided with us in court because they went with what the law says. And and that gave me a lot of hope. And that's another reason, like, yeah, I want to live here. Like, the juries here can put aside their personal biases and get it. Now, were you also there or already gone during the Hogan tape? So I was scandal. there when it started. Okay. When it started. And, 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 and for, quite frankly, one of, that was one of the reasons that um, – I left because I was burned out from that MJ trial, from that Mj Todd Schnitt trial. Because I left very thing, yeah. sh- shortly after that, I was burned out because like was, I was doing a morning show and doing depositions, and then we had a court case. I bet. And then I was just burned out, and then this comes down the pike. It's like Hulk Hogan's going to sue for a hundred million dollars. I'm like, okay, I can't do a radio show and be a lawyer at the same time. Like I, I got, I have to go. And I was just, like I said, I was just burned to a crisp. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I like Bubba as a, like, as a person. Everybody there is a person, really. There's, a, there's really nobody in radio that I really have anything personal against. It's, it was all shtick and business. But I do like Bubba as a person. I was just burned out. I had to, I had to, I had to take a break. So now, so you make the decision. You did not have, did you have a gig when oh. you said goodbye to Bubba or no? I did not. I did not. I had to. I had to. I had to step away because I was so burned. So I get a call from a guy named Neil Strauss, who is an author. Um, you probably everybody probably knows him now from um, the Molly Crew movie, The Dirt, yes. on Netflix. He yes. wrote the book. Yes. So he wrote this book called The Game. He wrote a book. I recommend the book that he wrote that I recommend the highest is called Emergency. This book will save your life. It has all kinds of survival techniques in it. In case in any situation you're in, it tells you like basically what you can do to survive. So, so Neil Strauss, author, brilliant guy, and I'd become friends with him um, before because okay. I was talking about uh, um, p- putting him with Baba to write probably maybe uh, a book with Baba. Gotcha. So Neil Strauss gives me uh, a call and says, "Hey, I need somebody to come work in my office uh, in L.A. If you want to come out here for a little bit." And I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I ne- I need to come out there." Yes. So I, I so I end up being with Neil for three months before um, a broadcasting company gets a hold of me and says, "Listen, we've hired Mary Lou Henner from Taxi, and all kinds of things, um, to be uh, a radio person, but we need you to teach her radio because she's got a very TV episodic type mentality. So we need." Somebody to teach her radio. You think you can come do that with her? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And Neil understood. Like, you know, radio is what I do. And a chance to work with um, with Mary Lou, who is one of the sweetest people on the planet. Oh, is she really? I she interviewed her a long time ago. She's just starting out. She's very pretty and seemed nice, but you never know. She'll still remember you from that day. Wow. I promise you. And wow. she'd probably tell you what day that was wow. and what time it was. Wow. It's amazing. But she's really a sweet person. And um, I learned a lot about uh, health and nutrition, but I also learned about 
your the mental connection to your 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 physical health like she is an expert in that and that's something that i learned from her is you know your mental health and your physical health are connected and i always strongly believe that. yeah and if you have if you're stressed it can manifest itself into physical problems for you and she's the one that taught me that she's like you've well the main thing you have to do is cut a lot of negativity out of your life and stay positive because negative thoughts turns into health, physical health problems it's, that's that's the, part of the way they manifest themselves. So, and she recommended a couple of books to me. And once I read through them, I was like, wow, she's absolutely right. Like, and then once I really started being positive and uh, eating right and exercising, I really got into to some good physical health. But, you know, she helped a lot with, with, with that journey. And she's just a sweet, sweet person uh, to be around. And she remembers every second of her life. Like, it's incredible. They, you know, she went on the Today Show and they were like, you were at the Oscars in 1984. What were you wearing? And she was like, it was this. And here was the weather. And here's what I was wearing. And here's wow. who I was standing next wow. to. She and they put up the pictures to show she was dead on. I was I, it's, it's just amazing. Now, you were staying. You were living in L.A. then. Yeah. Yeah. In Pasadena. Pasadena. OK. Season okay. tickets to the UCLA Bruins. I was walking to the Rose Bowl. I love the Rose Bowl. I was walking to the Rose Bowl. I've been Bowl. there for two, the national championship. It's just, it's, it's what a, what a bit. And the sun is coming down in the mountains right there. Walking oh to the Rose Bowl for the UCLA. Eric Kendricks, who now is on the Vikings, was on that team. So just by happenstance, um, my, our season tickets were in the seats next to Eric Kendricks' parents, who's also the parents of Michael Kendricks, who's an NFL linebacker as well. So we spent that season sitting next to the Kendricks. His dad was a running back at UCLA. We had a great, it was a, Great season. Brett Hundley was quarterback in yes, UCLA. Yes, yes, uh, Anthony Barr, who's also on the Vikings now, was on that team. And that was just a fun UCLA team uh, to watch. Oh to, it was God, a good season to get into. Ball. So that was a fun year in Pasadena. Yeah. Um, and, and, and living out there and, and working there. It was It was almost a little bit of a year of a sabbatical because I was, yeah. I was busy. Yeah. So then I also started working at KFI, which is a iHeart station. I got on you. On the weekends. On, so on Saturday and Sunday, I was doing um, uh, noon to four with a, an, an actor. Her name is Lisa Ann Walter. She was in the movie The Parent Trap. And um, her and I did noon to four on Saturday and Sunday on KFI. Okay. So then I get a call. Then I get a call from uh, the NFL Network, the television NFL Network, which is in Venice, California. That's out there almost at the beach. Yes. And they wanted me to produce the um, the show that's now. I think it's called NFL. It was called NFL AM there, but it's Good Morning Football now. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so this is not NFL serious. This, this is, is NFL, NFL Network TV. Yes, they wanted me to be one of the producers for that show. Well, at the same time, I was interviewing with a guy named Jeremy Coleman, who's the senior vice president of the Howard Channels. They were like, you know, we'd like we're talk, we'd like to talk to you about coming back to the channels. So coincidentally. The NFL, when you do a background check for the NFL, because the NFL Network is owned by the NFL. Yes, correct. Yes. They put you through a background check once they agree, okay, we want to give you a job. It takes about a month. Like, they really dig on your background check. Now, the SiriusXM background check is a little less rigorous, Uh Uh but both background checks were going on at the same time. And on the same day, the NFL, like, sent me, like, a welcome aboard email and i got an official in writing job offer from sirius xm to come back to the to the to the howard stern channels so i it was i called the guy that offered me the job at uh, the nfl network and i said listen uh i'm gonna go to new york and i'm gonna take a job with um with howard stern he's like listen i've never had anybody turn this job down <laughs> ever i believe it ever because but, yeah. but he was from new york and he he was from uh fox uh, television, uh, the local Fox television in New York. And he said, I do understand. Like, I do understand why. Like, oh, and I was like, and, you know, I know God. Howard. I know most of my coworkers. Yes. I already know them. Yes. So it made it a little bit easier to go into there because I didn't have to introduce myself to everybody. I say, hey, you know, it's great to have you here. We love you. So what, uh, and one more thing on how what I, I know now and I know now and the whole thing take away the how could you do it? Take away the pandemic and, and what he's standing for and all that. Like I was a huge I grew up in Jersey, you know, I was yeah, huge shower, oh, loved every bit of the show, even all the years to you. And then I just I couldn't. And now I, I just can't. I can't. Right. It's not me. It's not, I can't. I can't. I can't. As a person, though, as a person. What was he? What What is he like? What was he like? Now, as a human being, yes. he is a wonderful human being. I mean, I love him as a as a human being and a person. And just and whenever I, I can have political differences with you, I can have artistic differences with you, and still love you as a person. Like that's the thing that where I'm not 
where a lot of people in America are. I am not in that spot. I love Howard as a human being, and he's a he's a really sweet and kind person, and he's more caring. He's so caring. That's why he's so guarded because he's so sensitive and he's so caring, and that's why he has to have his guard up at all times because he wants to help as many people as he possibly can. He wants to help the people in his life, and that's why he limits who can I be see. in his life. I but see. he really does care, and he really is a sweet person. He really, really is. Uh, Robin is one of my favorite people on the entire planet. Really? Same as Fred and Gary. They are all just really nice, good-hearted people. They have good hearts, and Howard has a good heart. And like I said, I can disagree with you on content. This is this is my opinion versus your opinion. Although I did get my philosophy mainly from him. Like I, I was a huge fan, just like you. I started listening in '91 in LA when he came on in LA. I was like, this is the this is the greatest ever. I need this is this is this is what I need to do. And that's partially where my radio philosophy comes from is the Howard Stern show. I loved it. And I I really do. And I also understand that people change and want to do something else. You know, I'm a I'm a big Metallica fan. There's a couple of their albums that I'm not a fan of. Let's say I'm a big Iron Maiden fan. They have two albums that I'm not really a fan of. And I understand that, but I, I'm not, I don't get mad at people personally about that. And that's the thing where these days fans, fans of Howard, fans of bands, fans of sports teams, you can be, you can not agree with the art. You can not agree with how they play. You can not agree with, uh, you know, throwing a fastball on three and one <laughs> when it counts three and one, but don't take it out on them personally. It's not, that serious right it's right, art it's right, entertainment it's right. sports well you and i get that but a lot don't a lot, a, don't. A lot of a no. lot really don't no a lot really no. don't like just a couple more brett uh were you were you there at all with Artie, or had Artie lang already left the show he, he left the second time i was there but i knew Artie very well from being there with baba's show when okay. we were on there with baba's show I and knew. he kind of liked you guy he even came down here yeah. remember that show he was on right another good guy just great had good demons man and hopefully he's on the right track yeah great guy and i hope he gets better because he's another guy with a huge heart he really is, and funny man. If you've ever seen his stand-up, he kills. He's so funny. Well, he's quick on the radio too. He's quick he's on so the radio, funny. and he's funny, and he's he's just he's a smart guy. And I I really hope he's okay. I really do. You know when uh, when Norm Macdonald died just recently, um, Artie did about an hour on YouTube of a tribute to Norm, and it's just it was just really really heartfelt and I really good. That one. Yeah, I yeah check that it out on YouTube. It. Yeah. Artie did a really good job of uh, of eulogizing Norm Macdonald. It's, nice, and he's and Artie's fantastic, and you know Sal and Richard are great. Oh They're God. great guys, and uh, everybody there are just just fantastic. Now, what you're doing now, you are with the Miserable Men Show. Now, <laughs> yeah. this used to be on Howard 101, and yeah. it was on like a Sunday night, and it was hysterical. Bob Levy and Shuley, Mike Morris, and few others and Mark and Burns and then they added uh, they added me and the five of us uh, and, and we do it all per- that's we, awesome that, do you, how much fun do you have with we, that? it's it's a load of fun and Bob Levy <laughs> oh, he cracks me up Reverend Bob Levy he refuses to play the game he's about as politically incorrect as you can be and uh, we all just have a good time with him and we uh, screw with each other and then you know Shuley and I are going to go back and forth like always and uh, it's just a fun show to do on uh, on Monday nights. In it's supposed to be seven to nine. Like this past Monday night, I think we went to nine fifteen or nine twenty. We just <laughs> sometimes we just keep going because it's 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 it, it, it's hard to bring the plane in for a landing because it's so so much fun. Where 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 can we catch that? Where can you catch that? So if you go to, it's the best way. It's it's Patreon. It's the Miserable Men, and the reason it's on Patreon is because Bob Levy. <laughs> it's a place where you can't be canceled for what you say for words on Patreon. We can't be nude on on there, right? But for no one wants to see that, Brent. No, no, Sorry, no. You're no. a good man. They don't want to see that. They, well, you know, Maybe like like, like girls, when we're setting the show up, like game. my wife will walk by naked and stuff, and the guys will see her and go be like, "Whoa!" <laughs> she was she was like, "It was allowed." I do it on the air, but um, they um, but you can't be canceled for what you say. So that's why we're there. And uh, and and Bob, he's 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 incredible. Everybody's really got their own lane and really funny, and and uh, it's 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 a good time. I wish you success. I mean, I can tell that you're happy, and that is you, life is life is short. Yes. You never know. Uh, the, the amount of guys, even that we knew, and in broadcasting, not that old. Look at Ledge. Look at yeah. Doom. It got, I mean, you never know. Yes. So, I mean, you got to really enjoy life, and I know you and your wife certainly do. And uh, one last thing. One last thing. We'll end it on a sports. We'll end it on the Saints. 
Jameis Winston, do are you a believer? Will there be somebody else? Uh, Sean Payton is one hell of a coach. Yes. Uh, what do you what do you what do you think, Brent? I was hoping for to we'll bring it back. I was hoping to, that the Saints would get Kyle Trask. But <laughs> <laughs> that ain't happening. It didn't happen. It, ain't it didn't happen. Um, I didn't uh, because of past performance. I didn't think Jameis would do that well in the Saints offense. He's had so far. He's had some good games and he's had a couple of off, right. really off games. And that's kind of his track in the NFL. It's like there's one game he looks like the. We've turns out the Packers are a really good football team, and he you know lit them up. And then you know you turn around against the Giants. And you let the Giants beat you in overtime. It, it's just it's he's hit or miss. There's got to be consistency there. Now he is a he's a really good athlete. Now if I was him, he was a great pitcher at Florida. State. Yes, he was. If I was Jameis Winston, I would have been a closer and made tons of money and taken no hits to the head. <laughs> <laughs> Zero and in baseball, when you sign your name on that contract, you're getting every penny. It's guaranteed money. That's Football's right. not guaranteed money. That's right. So I would have gone the baseball route if I was Jameis Winston because he's got a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. He's got a live arm. There's no question about that. And when he's on, he's he's tough to beat. It's those games that he's off that, that worry me as a Saints fan. So I'm going to wait and see the games that he's played and been on. He's looked really really good like this weekend he four through four touchdowns and only one interception and there could be uh, uh you know there'll be a game where he'll throw one touchdown and four interceptions it's just right, <laughs> right so i think you just need some consistency at that quarterback position especially in that offense it's a very complex offense that sean payton runs a lot of motion a lot of uh different moving parts there like moving Taysom hill around it's right. a slot right. fullback right. Uh, they they do sean payton does a lot of window dressing to confuse the defense before uh, the ball snapped. And uh, it's a lot for a quarterback to, to manage. So hopefully uh, Jameis will get that consistency. But I, I, I don't know. He's good, and you are good, man. You're, you. you're a good man. Brent, thank, thank you, you so much for doing this, thank buddy. Thank you, of course, of course. Now, I, I'll tell you what. Here, let me tell you a little bit about Brent, okay? Um... If you were to just listen to the Howard Stern show, you would think that he was fighting with Shuley all the time. Not the case, man. It was entertainment. They would bust each other's balls so bad and trash talk in the back office, and then they would just bring that onto the air, but they'd be best of friends. They're ending up working on the same show now, Miserable Men. Um, all of his years with Bubba, they, they, they stuck by, he stuck by him. And like he said, the reason why he finally wanted to just move on, he had, you know, and he had a great experience there, but he just didn't want to go through another uh, trial. You know, the Hulk Hogan, the whole sex tape thing. That's what it was. They left on good terms. Matter of fact, he and Caitlin, his wife have been back on that show. So there you go. I appreciate that. Let me tell you a little story. When I was not renewed in my contract, the first time that had ever happened, I had been at a uh, cable outfit in Tampa Bay, Bay News 9, Bay News 9 slash Bright House, Spectrum Sports. I was there 18 years as the main sports anchor, and I was not renewed. A new guy came in, wanted all high school. I, I voiced uh, something one time, and I really probably shouldn't. Whatever, whatever, didn't renew me. Okay. So anyway, all right. That was it. So I was out. I was out for the first time after being at a station for 18 years. So I was trying to see what was next. What about using some of my contacts? Everybody always asks me. I put on so many people on my show over the years in TV. How many have reciprocated? I can count on one hand, maybe one person. Seriously. Uh, but, but that's fine. That's fine. That's how it goes. So now here I am out in broadcasting, what am I going to do? But I got a little bit of time on my hands. So I was exploring a couple different things and I contacted Brent Hatley, who was at the Howard Stern show and also Al Dukes, who is a producer for Boomer and Geo. It was Boomer and Carton at the time on the fan in New York, a huge morning show. I contacted them both. My brother lives in Brooklyn in the Williamsburg section. And I figure, hey, man, I'll go to the city. I'll fly in. I'm formerly from New Jersey. That's where I grew up in northern New Jersey. I'll fly into the city. Uh, I'll see my brother. I'll go see if I can. Uh, and see, they just show me around and just, you know, talk to those that are in the high places. Right. You know, and Brent got back to me immediately. 
couldn't have been nicer. It's not like I'm really hanging around Brent at all. There's a mutual respect. We both came out of the Tampa market. Look at where he is now on the Howard Stern show. And then uh, Al Dukes, for he, he did work in the Tampa Bay area. And just to really down to her, this, this is when you find out who's 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 good, right? And uh, I was able to meet up with both of them. And Brent gave me a tour in the Sirius XM building in New York of the Howard Stern Studios. Now, this was in the afternoon. Howard wasn't around. I got to meet John Hine, uh, Richard, uh, the, the the younger guy. There was a younger guy there. I don't know if Jason Kaplan, uh, John, like I said, John Hine. I think that was pretty much it couple other people but he showed me the back office showed me Howard's studio and out of respect I didn't take any pictures I thought about it later and that would have been cool but no you know what there's not many there's people that worked in the Sirius XM building that never got to be back in the um, behind that door Howard Stern show that compound and uh, I just hung with Brent and he was just telling me about everything and da 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 and I know he was living in Jersey City and da 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 and then he showed me the fishbowl he showed me other parts of Sirius we were walking around I think I even we, I waved to Ron Bennington because Ron Bennington started his career comedy and radio and with the Ron and Ron show in Tampa now, I never really have met him. Oh, we ran into Jim Florentine. Uh, he's a well-known comedian. And he was talking with Brent, and he was real cool, and this and that and this and that. So I'm just saying, like, that's... And then I'm figuring, you know what? I want to expand a little bit. Yeah, it's mostly going to be sports celebrities and players and coaches and, 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 and A-listers like that. But why not be able to expand? Why don't I start? And this is my first one, you know, kind of expanding out. So anyway, thank you to Brent. And then Al Dukes, who works at The Fan, couldn't have been nicer. Come on up. I got up. I got to see their studio where they work. I said, "I'm. how about lunch? I took him to lunch at a little spot. What's it like in the city? And we just hung out for a little bit. And I just appreciate that because Al gets up so early. And this is pre-pandemic. So he was living in Basking Ridge, New Jersey. Now he's at the shore, Jersey Shore, but he, he would drive in. He drove in. And you, there's no parking. Like, you got to find a space on the street at whatever, 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I, you know, I guess it's it's probably easier commuting, you know, off hours. But anyway, so my thanks to Brent. Best of luck to you. Look, he's got a lifestyle swinging. That's what he and his wife are into. And they make no bones about it. This is what they do. I don't, I like people who are content in what, they do, even if it might not be what you're into. Me swinging? Nah, I get I get a little nervous. Uh, uh, I'm just telling you, it's not for me. <laughs> but you know what, man, Brent? Thank you, thank you for coming on. The best to you and Caitlin. All righty, what else do we got cooking here? Thank you much, and any of you sports peeps that were expecting. Thank you for hanging all the way through that. It was good, right? A little interesting. Interesting, right? That's that's what life's all about, man. Slice of life. All righty. I have been getting asked by a lot of people, um, what do you think of the John Gruden resignation? What happened? The emails. Um, And a lot of people have asked. Now, I did go on one podcast and I gave an answer. The way I look at it is you never... T- 100% know what's going on in someone's brain. You really never, 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 never honestly know. You may think you know, unless it might be your best, 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 best friend, maybe your spouse. Sometimes, a lot of times, spouses don't even know that their spouse might have a little bit of a secret life or what they do. Am I right? You know I'm right. So on the surface, I respected John Gruden's passion for football, his work ethic. Okay, I'm 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 telling you, he this guy would be in his office at four o'clock in the morning. He doesn't believe in light. 
He doesn't like, he likes darkness. He studied that film work. Remember when he used to have that show, Gruden, the coaches deal? Oh, that was for real. That was for real. He honestly had an office, which I've never been to, in a strip mall in Tampa. I've known a few that have been there. Um, I'm leaning into this because if you just say Gruden, it's all like he is the, the worst human being on 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 the planet. Now I'm not sticking up from him for him. I'm just telling you my dealings with him. And knowing because I covered them all during that run. And I was there for, uh, you know, at Wednesday, Thursday, every game, press conference, practices at the old one buck. When when the when the new facility was built, he got the tour his first time when when it was opened. He was the coach, man. Um, All of that jazz. When he came back. For the Ring of Honor, the Bucks Ring of Honor, which they have now taken that away, okay, uh, he did a press conference. They had a press conference for him at the at the facility in the big auditorium. We got to interview him a whole bunch, not a one-on-one. He actually came through the media room. And he kind of hit me on the back. And what are you doing now? You're really not. I said, I'm doing radio. Wow, you're not in TV? Because he knew me as the TV guy in Tampa and the half hour live show. I'd bring on uh, players. I took live calls with no delay system for 14 years. I'll tell you that now. I wouldn't tell you that then with crank callers. Oh, we had them. Not a lot. We had them. I, you know what? I'm going to do that on a podcast. I want to tell you a couple of instances. Uh, I can tell it. I can talk about it now. But anyway, that's for another day. So, and he's like, oh man, we got to, you know, he goes, you should be in TV. And he goes, well, stay in touch. Now, you know, and that was that. You know what I mean? I think there was some mutual respect there. I covered them during the heyday when they won the Super Bowl and then blah, blah, blah. Oh, I saw him at an Outback. He's very close with the Outback guys to run out back and there's the outback bowl jim mcveigh is one of his close 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 friends and every year the outback bowl in tampa uh they have these parties invitation only big big and they're fantastic they really are and john gruden usually was there and he's there as a speaker when he was living here when he had time not when he was out in vegas you know what i mean but prior to that and I remember seeing him about that. I remember talking to him. His, his, his brother was on the hot seat. And I don't know if they were there. I think it was just because they weren't winning. And I said something to him about Jay or this and that and blah, 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 blah. Now, now let, me, let me fast forward a little bit. So Rich McKay, who was the general manager at the time, and John Gruden, they, it was oil and vinegar. They did not get along. And I remember, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I remember I had talked to John Chucky. He didn't mind when he was here. He did not mind the Chucky name because I remember being over at Disney's Wide World of Sports. That's where the Buccaneers trained. They trained there for a couple of years. The year they won the Super Bowl, that's where they trained. Uh, it's training camp. And we would rent out a place and we'd be there the whole training camp, every single practice. And after practice, Gruden would sign some autographs. And I remember even shooting video, standing right there, and Gruden was signing. A whole bunch of fans were around him. And somebody yelled out, Chucky, hey, Chucky. And he turned around, he said, who said that? And then he went over and he signed their autograph. Like I, and he kind of grinned. Like, I think he liked that Chucky reference. But anyway, um... When John Gruden, when he got the job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'll never forget it. And it was one of those things was in the middle of the night and the Bucs were talking with Al Davis and they're going to give up some Bucs are going to give up draft picks and they gave up cash. Do you remember all that? And here comes John Gruden. They wanted Mariucci. There was other names, but Gruden was coming off success with the Oakland Raiders at the time. He was actually considered a young and more of an offensive guru. 
and that is what was lacking on the Bucks. The Bucks under Tony Dungy had the defense. It was one of the all-time greats. It's you got to mention it up there in one of the all-time great defenses with Sapp and Lynch and Brooks and and uh, uh, Rondé, and we can keep going down. You already got three Hall of Famers. Rondé's probably going to get in number four on that defense. That's how good they were. Len Monty Kiffin was the defensive coordinator, and Gruden did his thing with the offense. And so when it, but they then so they needed that boost of energy, kind of like take it. Tony, it was yeah, with Tony's team, Tony was incredible. But they just needed that one year that come in boost, and also he was the offensive play caller, and there and he came in and they won in that one year. But anyway, the day that his press conference in the little old one buck place the small little tiny facility that they had where they had weights out on the back Gruden comes in he was there with his agent had his suit on there was a bunch of everybody in Tampa Bay media and fans were standing across the street and I remember Gruden waving he's like I'll talk to you guys later you know and it was a big thing like wow they fired Tony Dungy to bring in John Gruden. And they I can't believe that Al Davis let him go from the Oakland Raiders. Okay? At this time, that was the consensus. So because I was a anchor at one of the main stations, I got to do a sit-down interview with him for about five or seven minutes, maybe ten minutes, I don't remember. But I remember this. So we're sitting there, and he comes in. I shake his hand. He sits down. We mic him up and I start asking him, you know, about this gig and all this. And I said, uh, I think I started out like this. I said, so, John, you're here in Tampa Bay. And wow, I, it must be great, man, to be back like with your family members. I know your brother Jay is living here with his kids, your dad and, and family. They're also here. And that was true at the time. Jay Gruden was not a NFL head coach. He was in an, an arena league legend as a quarterback. And at the time, he was a head coach. I believe he was in Orlando and living in Tampa Bay with the Predators. But anyway, he was here. So, But when I said that, I just said that offhand. We're on, we're on camera. And I said, welcome back. You know, oh, my God, it must be great coming here with family here. You got your brother, your dad, your... And he looks at me, he goes, that's not why I'm here. It ain't about family. It's about winning. It's about this team. It's about what they got. And I was like, wow. But you know what? He was honest. Family, it didn't, it wasn't about where Jay is or his dad and his mom. And so, no, that wasn't it. It was about the team that they had. And he wanted to come here to win a ring, man, or win it here. So I'm just saying he was that that's his honest answer. But I was like, whoa, you think he would have said, oh, that's great. Yeah, we also got family here. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh, my God, it's a great situation. Now he's like, that's not why I'm here. Uh, I always remember to uh, his his kids, like his son that now has been a, a strength coach and he's built like uh, incredible. He was little. The kids were little. And I'll never forget, he was um, he was up there on the podium one day, and he's like, you know what, I teach my kids and my son how to shake hands. When you shake hands, you squeeze that hand. Give him a firm handshake. Like, in other words, man's man, okay? Now, this stuff about, you know, any of the racial or, you know, the gay, the gay thing is that old school thinking. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm being open here. I, I don't know, but I never saw anything, uh, heard or anything that anything was like racially driven or in his mind. Now, now he wrote what he wrote, you know, but I remember when Keyshawn Johnson was deactivated and I remember going over to Keyshawn Johnson's house. It was over on Davis. No, he was Harbor Island, I believe. And I just remember waiting at the Harbor Island like fitness place. I remember there was it was gated. We had to wait a long time. We got in. I sat down with Keyshawn Johnson after he was deactivated. And I knew that there was no love lost between Keyshawn and John Gruden. But I don't remember 
And and since Keyshawn now is on ESPN, so he's been on these shows. I'm I'm sure you've seen it where he's called uh, Gruden a fraud. But I've I've listened to and watched his interviews now, and then when I sat down with him, and I've interviewed him a couple of times, he has stayed the same. Like he doesn't like Gruden. He thinks Gruden talks behind your back, things like that. But he has never said that Gruden was a racist. He never, he, he didn't, he didn't tell that, he didn't say that to me. He didn't accuse him of that. And he hasn't accused him of that currently, even though he was a little bit surprised at what was in the emails, but he never saw that. Now, I will say this. There was a time where I talked to John quickly or something at the complex, and then I'm walking by, and then Rich McKay's there. He's like, oh, you're just talking to John? I said, yeah, he just called me bro. He goes, oh, if he calls you bro, man, that's a kiss of death. He will turn around behind your back and call you something else. I'm like, really? (laughs) He just called me bro. (laughs) I wonder what he's really calling me. So do you see what I'm saying? So this is how people ask me, what did you think? Um, I, you know, I'm probably not that surprised. I bet you, like Derek Carr said, let's check everybody's email. I'll bet you there is some stuff in there. Other people have stuff in their, 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 their skeletons in their closet, you know? And I even get, now I, I don't hang with anybody that if they're like really racist, eh, eh, I ain't hanging. Um, yeah, no. But, you know, when you talk with your buddies, it's a little bit different. I'm If I get a text with somebody that is a good buddy of mine and something that, ooh, it's a little bit borderline, eeh, eeh. And it's, and it's usually never never like the racist stuff, but maybe like a sexual term or something like that or, you know, about this woman, you know, this girl, this and that, and this and that. Ooh, I'm like, eeh, eeh. I ain't responding back. I mean, you, know, you know what I'm saying? But I just can't believe in this day and age you would actually send that in an email out and there's an email chain like that. So that's all I'm saying. That Those are my experiences with him. I know that there were a lot of players. When it started going bad, uh, I've, I had some players that came to me and said, oh, I don't trust him. And, you know, he he's not a he tells you one thing and then he does something else. I have heard that. But, you know, to me, he's always been pretty upfront to me. Oh, you know what? I am going to bring up one other thing. And this is something that it's more. Hey, I experienced this. This is a positive thing, man. And I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to bring up the positive, the negative, and everything in between. I'm going to tell you, tell you like it is on this podcast. I'm not beholden to anybody but myself now. I'm my own boss. So when I was at Bay News 9 slash Bright House Network, there was a stretch where we were like all high school, almost all high school coverage. They went through this phase. They they thought that nobody else is doing it. It will be big. And I knew it wasn't going to be big. It's it's great for those kids and those families at that time when they're in high school. But when you're a grown man and you don't have any connection to a kid, you're not following high school kids and, and what they're doing. If you're not related to them, it's a little strange. It really is. It's a little, come on, you know, who's, who's following? I'm not following other high school kids, you know. But anyway, anyway, so we were doing a lot of high school stuff and there was a connection of someone at our station with Coach Gruden. He was not, he was at ESPN and he just loves football so much that he loves promoting the sport. And so he wanted to do, he was willing to work with us, our, our station. And I will tell you this. He was working with high school specific players and high school coaches, and he didn't want it known, but he was working with an equipment company in the area, a big chain where he brought in, we did and he did busloads from Tampa Bay and the Orlando area a couple of players from each team, like a star player from each team and the coach and go on a shopping spree for equipment in this place. And he was funding it. 
and didn't want other people to know. And then he also wanted to bring on some uh, uh, businesses. Come on, man, let's fund. Because he was a non-paid assistant offensive coach, like helping out with his son's school, a private school in Tampa Bay. And I remember him saying that he couldn't believe how little high schools give to coaches for equipment, salaries. It's hardly anything. And he's like, this isn't right, man, because he believes in the sport of football that much. So that that he did behind the scenes. People never knew about it. And I want to tell the good with the bad. And I figured I would just let you know about that. All right. Uh, one other thing, the Urban Meyer thing is just, I find it very interesting. I really do. This guy is a Hall of Fame college football coach. And oh my God. Now, I've already been over it. We've already seen the, the it's a lap dance. Let's call it what it is. Grinding on him. Uh, it's kind of like a lap dance, you know? And he also did the three finger into the butt uh, over the jeans. You know, they're trying to lure him on the dance floor. Were they luring you? You know, own up to it. So anyway, Tim Tebow uh, last week came out. He was on one of the shows. I think it was on ESPN. And he was asked about it. And he said that uh, Coach uh, said to him, he still calls him Coach, Urban Meyer. Coach said to him, shared with him that it was one of the hardest times of his life. (laughs) One of the hardest times of his life. Okay. I ain't trying to joke there. You get it? Um, But Tebow was asked, did you give him any advice? And Tebow did. And I found out how embarrassing that must be. When you are Urban Meyer, when you are at that level and you are recruiting these kids out of high school. Now, Tim Tebow was a, uh, what do you call it, when you're um, uh, taught at home. I, I, you know, I can't even think of the term right now, but... You know, and then he was able to play high school football on a on a team. You can do that after school activity, um, but Urban Meyer recruited him as a 17 year old kid. Brings him into the program. Urban Meyer is like someone he looks up to. They win. They win it all. They do things that the coaches dream and players dream of doing. The Florida Gators were on top of the mountain. Tebow was it. And then Tebow goes into the NFL. Yes, he did want a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers with the Denver. uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. All that jazz. But he did not materialize in the NFL. Okay? It just didn't. He just, it just didn't translate. He is elongated delivery and whatever. He was a great college quarterback. But anyway, boom. Now, Urban Meyer gets the job in Jacksonville and reaches out and offers him a gig as a tight end, a new position, after being out of the NFL in eight years. You know that that's not going to work. And he missed the block, and it looked bad, but whatever. But now, Tim Tebow is giving Urban Meyer life advice. And here's what Tim Tebow said that he told Coach. My advice to him was to apologize, to admit it, to learn from it, and never, never repeat it. So can you imagine Urban Meyer here? Like I said, these coaches are like almost father figures to these kids in college. And now this kid that he recruited is telling him, don't you ever, ever repeat that. What, getting a lap dance? Getting grinded on? Don't you ever, ever repeat that. I just saw that. I just found the irony in that. And it's got to be embarrassing for Urban Meyer. It's got to be. But, and I've had, oh my God. So anyway, you know what? We'll leave on that note. Uh, my thank you to Brent Hatley. I'm going to see how this response is. Tell your friends, any friends that have ever listened to the Howard Stern show, the Bubba the Love Sponge show, you'll want to hear this, especially Brent saying that it wasn't just the pandemic was the reason why. It was because of the direction where the show was going, the celebrity interviews. He considers this business an art form, and he was just, he was out. He was out. He was out. He appreciated his time there. He was done. Same thing with the Bubble of Love Spun show. No, it's going to be another court hearing. 
the whole the uh, sex tape, the uh, Hulk Hogan. I've been with all these depositions. It's too much. I'm burnt out. I'm I'm going. So I thought that was very very interesting. So Brent, thank you. And if I get a big response, I'm going to go a little bit more in that direction. Alrighty. So thank you so much. Tell your friends, Howard Stern fans, Bubba the Love Sponge fans, check out this episode with Brent Hadley. All right, I'll see you next week on The Rock Stops Here. This is an Ian Beckles flavor in your ear quick fix on Radio Influence. Everybody's obviously heard the whole uh, hubbub about John Gruden and all his emails and John Gruden um, basically resigning from the Raiders uh, as a head coach. Now, everybody is going crazy uh, talking about this is cancel culture. Cancel culture is doing this. Cancel culture is doing that. If you're saying that to yourself, first of all, you're lying to yourself because he wasn't canceled. He resigned. Okay? John Gruden, I want everybody to listen closely to this. If John Gruden said F everybody, he could have stood in front of that team for as long as they would have had him, and they would have to fire him, and they had to have given him $60 million left on his contract. Instead, he resigned, okay? If you resign when somebody owes you $60 million, think of how bad that would have been for him to stand in front of 50, I don't know, there's 57 people on the roster, Probably 48 of them are black. Do you think it would have been easy for him to stand in front of 48 people, 48 black men, and say what I said to DeMaurice Smith wasn't racist? You can find Ian Beckles' Flavor in Your Ear on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.